and welcome to the 12th episode of the Creative Wanderer podcast, your weekly jaunt into creative inspiration. We are Joe and Amelia. Hello, Amelia. Hello, Joe. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in this week. Today, we'll be talking about week 11 of the Artist Way, recovering a sense of autonomy. We've reached the point in our Artist Way journey where we give ourselves the permission to be artists. We are stepping into our independence as we come to terms with the fact that a creative life is fluid and not set in stone. It is time for some serious self-acceptance, self-nurturing and self-love. Julia shares a plethora of her own personal tips on how to set boundaries when it comes to our artistic autonomy. Oh, sounds like a very chilled week. Mmm, definitely. If you would like an extra member of your sacred circle, Amelia and I are very happy to be able to offer you our support in a number of ways. You can email us to let us know what you're enjoying or what you're struggling with at creative underscore wanderer at yahoo.com. Please follow us on Instagram at creative wanderer. You just need to replace part of creative with the number eight and the beginning of wanderer with the number one. You can share pictures, quotes you've been inspired by or affirmations which resonate with you. And if you get in touch with us, we can give you a shout out. Just like we're going to give someone a shout out right now. Yay! (laughs) Who do we have, Amelia? We have Ellen Sinclair. Ellen got in touch with us and said the following. Hi, Amelia and Joe. Thank you so much for your wonderful podcast and for sharing your insights and inspiration as you follow the amazing artist way. I first worked through the book a few years ago and your podcast has brought back its magic for me. Particularly valuable is the reminder that life can and should be playful and full of joy and wonder and that following your joy leads you down the right path. The first time I did the artist way course, I followed it religiously and I found it completely magical. I'm not properly following all the exercises this time round, but your podcast is giving me a wonderful reminder of the lessons in the book. I look forward to the next episodes of The Creative Wanderer. It is such a delight to listen to and I feel connected to a community of like-minded wanderers. How lovely. I know. That's great to hear. (laughs) That's what we're all about. (laughs) Ellen Sinclair is a life coach and a Reiki master. She has been practicing since 2016 when she launched her practice your best possible world. From an early age, Ellen was fascinated by the big questions. Why are we here? What's it all about? For Ellen, philosophy is not merely theoretical, but rather a way to approach life with curiosity and open awareness. This path led her to discover her natural gifts as a healer and initiative coach. Ellen was first initiated as a pranic healer and later trained as a Reiki practitioner, eventually becoming a Reiki master. Ellen's healing practice has evolved to incorporate crystals, sound vibration and aromatherapy, which amplify her channeled healing energy. She augments her healing work with coaching conversations to offer clients a holistic service. I think I need to book in. Me too, it sounds wonderful. (laughs) Thank you so much for getting in touch with us Ellen and for your lovely words. Thank you Ellen. And you can find out about Ellen on our Medium blog page, all of the ways that you can get in touch with her. And if you would like to have a shout out, please just get in touch with us. You can email us or you can send us a wee message on Instagram. Yay! (laughs) So Amelia, how did you find this week of autonomy? It was a very calming, serene, chilled out week for me. Yay. I just reveled in the fact that this week addressed our autonomy and our self-acceptance. Us giving ourselves the permission to be who we are, because that's where it starts. Definitely. This week brought a sense of liberation.
liberation and flow for me. We have started working on recovering and rehabilitating our artistic identity for real now, I think. And I realized I have not been proclaiming and affirming my identity as a creative enough or hardly at all. Mm. So just being able to say out loud that I am a creative being brought out much healing and joy. So delving into the success and money section assured me that a creative career requires flexibility when it comes to finances and that our deep-rooted need to express our creativity comes before a balance sheet. Yes. And I love discovering how my exercise routine can be turned into a moving meditative practice. I also realized that I have unwittingly set up a number of creative rituals and altars in my life which are constantly fueling my imagination. That's wonderful, isn't it? What a great week you had. I know, but do you know what? Previous weeks have been like chugga, 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 full of kind of hard work and Mm. uncovering and digging up all the blocks. Mm -hmm. Whereas this week was just self-love. Yeah. Wasn't it? Mm -hmm. It was warm. It was almost like cuddly as a teddy bear. (laughs) Yes. How was it for you? Did you also encounter a cuddly teddy bear on your path? Well, I didn't necessarily encounter a cuddly teddy bear, (laughs) but I really enjoyed the tasks. And task number one was all about reading aloud and recording yourself reading the basic principles. Yes. But I also recorded my artist prayer and the letters I wrote as my 80-year-old self and one I wrote to my eight-year-old self. And I found these really healing, actually. They were full of hope and then resilience writing as my 80-year-old to me now. I felt Mm. like you'd stay on the right path and you'd stay resilient and, you know, you'd be fine. And I thought it was great because this pertained to me as an artist but generally in life it was a perfect part of the week. I think the reason it felt so warm and fuzzy for me is that over the past 10 weeks we have really worked very hard to uncover all our blocks Mm -hmm. and limiting beliefs and you know that was blood sweat and tears and sometimes very uncomfortable truths and we have peeled off so many layers like an onion and now when it comes to that point when you stand up and proclaim out loud into the world into the ether I am a creative I am an artist those tiny voices of those awful limiting beliefs and all those blocks that we used to have before we embarked on the artist's way you don't get them any longer or they're not as strong so there is this sense of floating and freedom and flow when you say it and you're like I don't care what anybody says I am who I am I am who I am (laughs) what's that song I am what I am and what I am takes no excuses exactly So we are here in the week of autonomy Mm -hmm. and I think let's just kick off by explaining what does autonomy mean. Autonomy is the condition or quality of being autonomous. It also means independence. So what is autonomous? Let's find out. Autonomous means not controlled by others or outside forces. Being independent. Independent in mind or judgment. Self-directed. Autonomy comes from a Greek word autonomia which means independence. We can also trace it even further break it down into two parts autos which means self and nomos custom law self-governance independence beautiful isn't it sovereignty yeah brilliant well clearly we do have to be extremely autonomous as artists as people well as people as well sovereign sovereignty is i think our natural state we're self-governing and all-knowing i love that (laughs) (laughs) so let's delve into different ways of looking at acceptance. Julia explores different approaches to self-acceptance. We accept ourselves as artists and realise that most of the time the social norms and expectations do not 
fit our artistic beingness. Oh my goodness, yes. We do stand out, don't we, sometimes? Oh yes. <laughs> you know, it can be the way you dress or even just the way you approach life and view life or the way you articulate your relationship to life. Definitely, yeah. Mm. Because of that, we need to examine what works for us in the everyday world. Yes. That everyday world that we often find pretty tough as artists. Yeah, look, again, we go back to money as we do. Very early in my career, I had to come to terms with the fact that my money flows will be inconsistent and irregular in my creative career. Yeah, but you've managed to transition though now. It took me a while. Yeah. Because I was a bit nervous, you know, in a nine to five existence, people can rely on a regular paycheck but I was like oh I just, you just don't know where your money's gonna come in so I thought to myself I perhaps need a little bit of financial guidance mm-hmm. and I sat down and I love my spreadsheets so I just spread out my financial vision and flows and I felt a little bit more in control but I must say and Julia actually speaks to this in this section it was the faith and it was the trust that I had mm-hmm. to rely on more than anything knowing that I'm doing my work and everything's going to be taken care of. What's really important to remember is that our pay is the work we produce and not necessarily the money. Yeah. It's that joy you feel when you're creating and then when you've Mm. created something that's finished, if it's ever finished. But when when you've decided that particular thing is finished and you look at it and that's your payoff, that's your pay, knowing that that's done. Getting paid for it financially is a bonus, it's a Mm. boon, you know. Whether it gets any rewards or doesn't, we have to actually come to terms with the fact that our work might not sell and we might not get work despite our work being excellent and despite ourselves being truthful to our authenticity it's sometimes such a hit and miss situation and you know Joe, it was a process for me Mm -hmm. to learn not to quantify myself by the amount of money I had in my bank account which is a tough one to relearn isn't it because we've been taught our whole lives essentially that you have to have money in the bank yeah it took me a while because it's just the societal indoctrination not to equal my own value to the amount of money that they're sitting or not sitting most of the time (laughs) as an artist in my bank account and that's the one I think that we grapple with the most. Well Julie has a lovely pearl of wisdom and she says I have to free myself from determining my value and the value of my work by my work's market value. The idea that money validates my credibility is very hard to shake. I couldn't agree more with this. I wish I had actually done the artist's way when I was still, you you know, the book when I well yeah 10 years ago and even I think even longer than that yeah that would have helped me a lot but there you go you know we start our journeys when we're ready absolutely sure it's so important to remember that money shouldn't be our motivation to produce work if a creative work is asking to be born it is our duty to manifest it it's hard though isn't it because people expect us to be motivated by money and I think they don't understand the fact that we are not necessarily motivated by money you're motivated to be an actor because you want to act Mm. Not because you want fame and adulation. But also you do not sit down and paint only when somebody pays you to paint. Exactly. No, I paint because I have to paint. Yeah. And if somebody likes it and says, can I buy that? Yeah. Yes. But look at us. We have decided to embark on this podcast journey. Yeah. This is our first stab at it. Yeah. We are not doing this because somebody's paying us. (laughs) We're doing it for the love. But we are doing it because we love creating. And in the process of creating this podcast, we got to be so creative. We learned how 
to edit sound. We learned how to do graphic design on Canva. Yeah. We've learned about how the whole podcasting world works. Yes. We've learned how to write copy for a medium blog page. Yes. Again, the motivation isn't the money. It was just something within us that mm-hmm. wanted to be expressed and born. And because we love talking. Exactly. <laughs> that is so true. I guess the other thing that's really interesting to examine is in terms of the credibility of our work. Uh-huh. Of course, we put it out there and we, we would like people to receive it. But it's us. Yeah. And us alone who determines the value of our work. For sure. So I guess, Joe, the most famous story that illustrates that is the story of Van Gogh. Yeah, the man who didn't have any adulation or praise in his yeah. lifetime. So I think this also speaks to that impulse that we want to create. Mm-hmm. And if we've got an idea and if we've got an impulse to create something or this urge, remember, it's our artistic child that's speaking to us. And as all children, it's impatient and it wants to create now. So you might have a deadline and you're working on a project that you've been paid for, but you get this incredible inspiration Mm -hmm. that cuts through it. Mm. And it's so impatient to come out. So we're learning to actually balance that and navigate that, try to find some sort of dialogue and compromise between those things, needing to survive in the physical universe, which needs us to earn money. Yeah. But also be that child that when a child sees a shiny toy, oh, I want to play with it. I want to play with it now. Yes. Well, I think you and I have both experienced in the past few weeks very much that thing where Mm. we just wanted to be creating and painting or whatever. And I've just had to do it at some point in some way, and possibly at the detriment of other stuff. But who cares? Your artist needs to come out, needs to burst forth. So we do need to structure our lives so that we balance the creative needs of our artist child with the daily grind. Yeah. Definitely. In this section, Julia mm. gives us lots of personal tips on how to nurture our artistic self-acceptance and autonomy. Mm. Surround yourself with people who nurture you and your imagination. Exactly. Hopefully by now we would have done that through all the exercises and set the boundaries. And the sacred circle. Absolutely. Mm. So know your strengths and weaknesses and make peace with those. You might be a bad cook, but extremely skilled as a poet. So different ingredients, but same principle. Creating. Mm -hmm. There we go. Rhythm and rhyme. Oh, I like that. (laughs) Keep feeding your creativity by poking in dead ends. Things that other people might not find interesting, but they make you explore. It's those little idiosyncrasies that we have that other people don't understand. Yeah. Buying nonsensical items because they inspire you and tell a story oh i know sort of tat around your house my house (laughs) my house cheeky bleater so also we can capture meaningful moments by creating art it's actually dipping into other artistic expressions in order to capture that moment yeah so you might not necessarily be an artist in terms of painting or watercoloring or you might be inspired to write a poem who cares just write it even if it is quote-unquote bad yeah express yourself Even if I want to dance balletically around the house. Even if I'm not particularly good. Who cares? That's a lovely one. That's what I very often do in my kitchen. Just start dancing and think I'm on the stage. Oh, yes. (laughs) When I was a child, I used to perform songs from the musicals in my grandparents' Mm. hay barn. Standing up there on the hay, performing every day. (laughs) I used to love it. The more and more I delved into the sections this week, I realised this really does speak to the fact that artists, creatives have got this eternal, innocent child within them Mm, definitely and when you look at a child and the way it relates to the world it's constantly playing ooh yeah 
yes. that everything is a toy. We can also regard other forms of artistic expression as our toys. Mm. Whether we technically, quote unquote, are professional in it or amateur in it or having our first go at them, yeah. we can use that to enhance our creativity. Most of the things about the acting discipline that I know I've actually learned through dancing. That's great, isn't it? So there could be yeah. other vias and roundabouts mm. <laughs> into your quote-unquote professional art. Yes, I was inspired by poetry to paint something. I love that. I love that fact that you can read a poem and then an image pops up in mm-hmm. your mind and you paint it. Yeah, and the other way round, my husband, Con, has been inspired by my paintings to oh, write poetry. wow. Well, there you go. It's like that infinity mm. sign, constantly flowing. So Julia does say, as an artist, my self-respect comes from doing the work. Yeah. So, you know, we are talking about self-acceptance. This is where it comes from. Self-acceptance is just do the work. Do the work. And also be richly supported. Mm -hmm. If you get rich, fantastic, well done. But if you're richly supported by having all your lovely artistic tools established and around you, you've got your sacred circle and your life is set up in such a way Mm. that it enhances you as a creative, it will reflect in your art. Otherwise, your work will become dull and you may fall into resentment. Or no one wants to fall into resentment. Nope. So constantly allow your artist child to play. Yes. Well, the more you do that, the more responsible a grown-up you'll be. If you acknowledge your artist child and you allow that to be within you, Mm -hmm. then you can adult better. Yes, (laughs) it's so true. And, you know, we have to come to terms that we will not fall within the society's definition of an adult. No. Well, you know, we're not supposed to just dash all fun to the curb when we become adults. Also, part of self-acceptance is realising that we are not a garden variety human. (laughs) I like that very much. So we ought to really work on resisting any attempts by the society to normalise us because most of the time our free expression will make other people feel uncomfortable. So be it. Art does grind on people because it shines a light at their failed responsibility. Right, so, yeah. Yes. Yes, self-nurture, self-respect are your tools and the remedy. Mm, Do not sell your soul. It will make you hate yourself. Absolutely. It definitely will. Julia says, when we are not creating, artists are not always very normal or very nice to ourselves or others. That's the self-hate. That's the unexpressed resentment. Let's not sugarcoat it. You kind of become passive aggressive or even aggressive absolutely it's a lovely week where we now really round off Mm. everything that we've dealt with Mm -hmm. in the previous weeks and we see how our hard work has paid off yes definitely because art is our vocation a calling we can't breathe or live without it and when it's curtailed by others we fight for our lives oh we do put them up put them up like rabid dogs we do we become like mama bears well uh, yeah I've, I've been in those situations you're supposed to fight for that which you love if you've nurtured and loved your artist child then it is your right to fight for it Absolutely. And also one thing that helps us with navigating that attempt at normalizing us as artists and creatives is questioning. Mm. Always question life, always question authority and question the accepted norms of behavior. Definitely. Ask why. And also when you look at the game of life Mm -hmm. and see how serious people get about it, you know, it's very difficult not to find it a bit silly. Yeah, a bit silly. Quite silly, I guess. Very silly. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Another one of Julia's pearls of wisdom, she says, to be an artist is to risk admitting that much of what is money, property and prestige strikes you as just a little silly. It's that striving to reach a title or yeah. a certain rank in the yeah. society, a certain position. For those people, that's what gives them self-acceptance and some sort of yeah. sense of security. We are all about stepping outside those boxes mm-hmm. and trying to live as freely, as undefined mm-hmm. as possible. And unencumbered. Ah, yes. Yeah, definitely. Julia also says that we recognise the particular and appreciate the peculiar in life. <laughs> I love it. Being Sometimes. peculiar and you being particular. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We've got it sus there. We've got the balance. <laughs> we have. This section is all about letting ourselves do our art. Yes. Let's not kill our dreams if we do not get external approval or acceptance. No. No, indeed. Our creativity is a gift from God or the life force or the creator. And being creative and practicing our art is our way of saying thank you. You have to accept this covenant and truly accept yourself and opening ourselves up to the creative flow that is wanting to flow through us. It's true. And when we look at it from that perspective, which is just so broad and wide and expansive, there is so much scope for play. Yes. Yes. And possibility. Oh, yes. (laughs) So we are also looking at success Mm. because success is a bit of a trap and can curb our autonomy. It certainly can. And our independence, if we are really focused only on success. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Julia says that creativity is a spiritual practice. It is not something that can be perfected, finished and then set aside. And it is in her experience that we reach plateaus of creative attainment only to have a certain restlessness set in. Yes, we are successful. Yes, we have made it. But... (laughs) Oh, there is always that but, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. You know, you finish a painting or I finish my project and what's next? I want to try this. I want to try that Mm. in order to complete a cycle of action you have to complete it Mm -hmm. you cannot just move from one thing into the next without actually having closure over it yeah it's almost like an unfinished sentence that keeps on lingering in me we've never finished that conversation you never closed off a cycle of action wow it's so good to recognize it i was thinking about what is it that drives us to continuously keep on going and i linked it to mother nature mother nature doesn't just go okay four seasons one planet just gonna do once (laughs) And that's it, folks. (laughs) The rest is nothing. That's all, folks. So creativity is constantly creating. Mm -hmm. There's never a stop. No, 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 that's true. You're right. You have to finish one cycle to begin another one, to be another one, to be another one. It's like there's no tomorrow. We're never there because Mm. we are never satisfied with what we have achieved. Well, not all the time. But if you're fixated on success, then that will be the case. Yes. And we always want more. It's that exploration, that curiosity Mm. of a child. Mm -hmm. We want to see how certain toys work if you combine them differently. Yeah. (laughs) A hybrid. Creative hybrids, definitely. Yeah. When you avoid the need to expand as an artist, artist it leads to inertia and stagnation Mm -hmm. and contraction and really we are expansive and we're constantly expanding so that's the worst thing we can be doing isn't it to stop that as an actor you never stop training i've never ever stopped training i didn't walk out of drama school say okay i know it all now and that's it in fact you realize you haven't got a clue (laughs) and then you need to actually undo everything and unpick everything that you've learned (laughs) funny enough Mm. but that's that constant expansion that constant need to just poke in dark corners and see what's there. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Just when we think we've completed something or put to bed the questions which have beleaguered us, they return again and we ask ourselves, what are we going to do now? Yeah. 
we have itchy feet we want more we yeah. want to explore our art further through that exploration we get tested yeah it's that feeling of being on the edge yes and, and not knowing what's going to happen definitely i think predictability it's like a weed killer to an artist it's boring isn't my it my goodness it kills you yeah definitely it does because as artists we're in perpetual motion we can't mm. really rest if we stop julia says like sharks we'll sink to the bottom and die <laughs> I love that's that. a nice morbid thought for us isn't it our imagination is not tame and it cannot be controlled nope i don't think so definitely if not. it wants to take you down some unexplored path it mm-hmm. will it will yeah because you've the imagination of a child of course we have and it's constantly seeking new experiences and new sensations absolutely sometimes we have to balance our artistic integrity with the actual need to make money mm-hmm. for sure but creativity is not a business however through creating business can be generated absolutely we often forget the reason that we're creating is because we need to create and then we lose focus from that and put it onto success it can be totally detrimental to our artist child we do exist outside the hierarchical structure of this society definitely and very often when you hit success and people respond really well to it you perhaps are expected to repeat it Mm. in the same way like a photocopier yeah it's very difficult to do yeah it really is because if somebody's seen a painting that they love but it's been sold and they want the painting Mm. they're going to get something similar to you but they're never going to be able to get exactly that you do not have a copier in your head no each stroke tells a different story i presume definitely everyone is unique yes and I like the fact that every one of my uh-huh. paintings is unique. So if we do actually get focused mm. just on the economics of our artistic life yeah. and we're like, okay, I just want to make as much money as possible, it will make our work dull mm. and kind of cookie cutter type of work. Don't want to do that. Do you know what? Some artists, creatives do find themselves in that predicament and actually they make it work and I take my hat off to them. Definitely. But I think it's always worth examining that eventually at some point they will want to create expand I guarantee you they'll have that niggling need to just try something else what I love about creativity is that it's not linear it is a spiral it Mm. is a scattergram and it takes us where it wants to go yes I like that I want to be taken on a creative adventure me too and there isn't a prescribed formula to live by as a creative yes when it comes to your technique because every art is rooted in some form of technique yes when we master this technique we then become improvisers and we become the alchemists of it lovely you know but that's something in my experience that takes a lot of work Meisner said it takes 20 years to become an actor wowzers that is very true in my experience so morning pages the morning pages do help keep us on course don't they mm-hmm. and they adjust our course so that we're constantly in our artistic integrity balancing our inner demands with our outer demands like mm-hmm. what else is going on in life that's it the morning pages do they keep really us do. on course I love them well I've really loved the zen of sports me too section. I love it it's just wonderful to know that you can turn your own exercise routine whatever it is mm-hmm. into more of a active meditation how wonderful i often find myself thinking thoughts and ideas pop to me when i'm walking or you know i'm in nature yeah definitely so amelia let's find out what does zen mean definition of zen it's a school of mahayana buddhism that asserts that enlightenment can be attained through
through meditation, self-contemplation and intuition, rather than through faith and devotion, and that is practiced mainly in China, Japan, Korea and Vietnam. It's also called Zen Buddhism. And then, the second definition, an approach to an activity, skill or subject that emphasizes simplicity and intuition, rather than conventional thinking or fixation on goals. Oh, wow. Yeah, let's have a quick look at the derivation as well. So it's from the Sanskrit dhyana, which means thought or meditation. And the root of it means to see, look, which is rather lovely, isn't it? I love it. Julia speaks to the fact that you can make it into something that makes you more in present time, Mm -hmm. but it is through looking and observing. Yeah. It's very interesting. So when we get blocked in life, not just creatively, artistically, in any way, shape or form, we go into our heads. We do. We become very cerebral. That's right. The chitter chatter in our mind is relentless. So Julia says we need to move out of the heads and into a body of work, Mm. which means that we must move into our body and get the body moving. Definitely. If you're mentally stuck, the best way to get unstuck is by getting your body stretching. walking, running, Mm -hmm. whichever way you prefer your exercise. That's right, because Julia says this beautiful thing. The brain is reached through rhythm, through rhyme, not reason. So we are looking at integrating repetitive and regular actions Mm. in our artistic life to access our artistic brain. Lovely. To stop that chitter-chatter. Definitely. So what sort of things can we do that are repetitive, that are regular actions that we can use as meditation? That will just get us into that state of flow when Mm. our mind goes into an imagination world. Scraping, peeling, scrubbing, knitting, needlework, ironing, which is my favourite. And mine. (laughs) Driving, showering, walking. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, these help us transition from the logic brain to the creative brain state, to the theta state. Exactly. So the main message weaving through the artist way is that creativity is rooted in action and that action is the remedy for our creative blocks. Yeah, the best way to get unstuck is to start moving with our body. When you're sat there, not able to generate any inspiration or enthusiasm, if you get up off your bottom and stretch or pop out for a walk in the fresh air, you will feel better and you will automatically feel much more inspired. Absolutely. Julia's Pearl of Wisdom. One quickly notes that when the mind is focused on other, the self often comes into a far more accurate focus. Oh, yes. So what sports can we integrate in our lives? Running could help us with communing with nature and feed our souls. Swimming helps us dive into our own clarity. Cycling, our mind comes up with solutions. Walking, processing information and settling the mind. If done as a meditative practice, our exercise heightens our senses. Definitely. We get this sensation of a sharp focus. Ooh, it's wonderful. So exercise teaches the rewards of process, Julia says. It teaches the sense of satisfaction over small tasks well done. Yeah, while we are practicing we're also exercising our creative patience and we are connecting to a sense of universal creativity and we are celebrating our own capacity to feel absolutely and exercise as well let's not forget brings an endorphin high and a sense of well-being you just feel so much better i like to walk through a little woodland yes 
And I really enjoy it because you can just slow down. You can hear nature. Everything's alive. Exercise works because we change perspective. Mm-hmm. We're able to listen to solutions and problems clearly. Exactly. We change our daily scenery and we are gathering food for thought while we walk. Julia closes the section by giving us a definition out of Webster's Ninth. And she defines exercise as the act of bringing into play or realising in action. That's absolutely spot on isn't it yeah it's really. beautiful yeah so we had a little look to see mm. what we could find when it came to the definition of exercise and this is what it said verbatim physical mental or spiritual activity not to be confused with exorcise to expel an evil spirit <laughs> we're not exorcising but we might be you might end up exorcising some things that don't need to be in you exorcise through exercise <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But as a verb, it means to subject to practice or exertion in order to train, strengthen or develop. Mm. And it comes from Latin, meaning training or physical exercise, for example, of soldiers or horsemen. But also it can be traced all the way back to play. Ooh, yeah. It also means to keep busy, keep at work, oversee, engage busily, train, follow, carry into effect, disturb, disquiet. Ooh. Ooh, from X, meaning off, and R, sere, to keep away, prevent, contain, and close. Isn't that weird? Keep away, prevent, contain, and close all seem to be at odds with each other. But that's where the exorcise yeah. comes in, yeah. in, the exercise. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep the evil spirits at bay. Yes, absolutely. It's very contemplative, isn't it? It really is, yes. Lots of food for thought can be derived from derivations of words. It certainly can, and that leads us rather beautifully into us taking a little moment to slow down yes and have a wandering pause to reflect oh i like one of those yes we need to listen to the serene chimes of your bell now amelia please Ooh, the serene chimes of the feng shui bell and breathe and breathe indeed So we would like you to take time to have a little think about what do you do when it comes to your meditative practice whilst you're moving? Do you already have a sport or exercise routine that you practice regularly? How can you make that exercise routine or sport more deliberate? Mm, What can you do so that you bring it closer to the concept of communion between you and nature and between you and the present moment? How can you make this exercise routine or sport a more sensory action? Oh, yes. Nice things to think about. I just love the whole idea of the sensory experience Mm. when we are out there exercising. Yeah, using all of your senses. I think Mm. we don't do that enough. No. So, yes, have fun. Julia's actually already given us some help that leads us toward a more sensory life. She certainly has. And she says that we need to build our artist's altar. Yes, I think that was the most fun part of this week for me. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't actually manage to build my artist's altar. Says Jo, but you should see her home. Yes, so that's the thing. Maybe I didn't need to build it because it was already there. It's just everywhere. There's paintings everywhere. There is little knickknacks. I mean, my bookcase is really my artist's Mm. altar, I suppose. It is an altar to all of the incredible talent. You know, these people who written beautiful stories throughout the ages mm-hmm. our own artistic altar actually reminds us daily that our art is all about action yeah because if we tend to it and mm. if we commit to a daily ritual we are already in that doing mode constantly. definitely you can be as creative as you want with your artistic 
creative altar mm. because it's the action that we take with our artistic altar that counts. Definitely. Actually, Julia immediately instills in us a daily ritual mm. because the morning pages are a daily ritual. Mm. We're already on mm. that path from the get-go. So let's see what the word ritual means. It's a ceremony in which the actions and wording follow a prescribed form and order. It's the body of ceremonies or rites used in a place of worship or by an organisation according to Catholic ritual. Another definition is a book of rites or ceremonial forms or the one that I really love. It's a set of actions that are conducted routinely in the same manner. This is what That's we the speak one. to. Definitely. Yes. Let's have a look at the derivation. Yes, it's directly from Latin. Mm-hmm. Ritualis. Relating to religious rites from ritus. Religious observance or ceremony, custom or usage. Perhaps the root of it is from re, to reason, count. I love that reason count, especially in the word count, because mm-hmm. it does imply something that we do routinely in the same manner. Yeah. It could be the act of counting, but mm-hmm. also to count, meaning that something's got relevance to something yeah, else. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah. I like that very much, that it has a relevance. Yeah. And remember that exercise is essentially a ritual. Absolutely. So we go back to that, which is fantastic. So the altar in our house, however and wherever you want to create, it could just be a crystal or it could be your favourite book or a teddy bear. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But the point of it is that it centres us around the rituals mm-hmm. and we use those elements that feel holy and happy to us. Yeah. Becoming spiritually centred through creative rituals of our own choosing. Yes. It's so important. So when we are putting our artistic altar together, we also go back to the fact that we are fed by images. The more images you can use in your artistic altar practice, the better. Definitely. That's lovely. And also, Julia speaks to something very, very beautiful. She says we need to unlearn our old notion that spirituality and sensuality do not mix. An artist's altar should be a sensory experience. Oh, absolutely. I love it things that you can touch well she says we're meant to celebrate the good things of this earth Mm. pretty leaves rocks candles sea treasures all of these things remind us of the creator the life force yeah this is how we actually keep moving in the altar have a movement practice because it is this tactile physical items that we have and place Mm. there that make us stand up and go and touch them i guess when we are putting together our altar the best way to do it is so that we have a way of engaging Mm. with it so it's not just a pretty shrine that you put in the corner of your room and you never touch it yes so touch engage with your altar i've got some crystals i have pictures photographs got some fans i've got a feather i've got a beautiful bowl that my husband carved I've got all manner of things mm. actually I have an orchid of course my feng shui bell lives on my altar I have two elephants I have a beautiful tiny perfume bottle that was gifted to me by a friend of mine from Egypt Ooh. one of the elephants is actually from India and I have that lovely print with my initial I think you gifted me I that I did yeah and then I have my favourite jewellery in my little jewellery box there so whatever makes me happy when I look at it mm. It just brings a smile to my face and I do very often engage with the crystals. Mm, I love it. Amelia, did you find any tasks particularly exciting this week? I love the creativity notebook. Oh, I love that. You would basically look at your life and divide it in seven categories. Health, possessions, leisure, relationships, creativity, career and spirituality. And then you let yourself dream in those sections. Yeah. Dream about what you want 
to do. And you write them down. You list 10 wishes. And don't put it away somewhere you can't find it. Put it somewhere like on your work desk or somewhere you can always Mm. see it. And then for me, it means a lot because if I get too busy and I step outside of that balance between my inside needs and outside needs and I'm more survival focused rather than focused on my creativity, I can go to that notebook Mm -hmm. and go, no wonder I'm so grumpy or displeased because I've stopped dreaming. So let's see what can I do? What action can I take? In whichever area. It doesn't really matter because all of them speak to life. You can can choose. So I love that one. That's really really good. Mm. Yeah. What about you? Writing out my artist prayer and putting it in my purse. That's a really nice thing to have. I don't know about you, Joe, but I feel so inspired. Again, Mm. you know, reinforced inspiration. I guess we will not have any problem now reaching. All right, all right, all right, Amelia, what do I see before my very eyes? It's only the inspiration station. Toot, toot. I don't know where that was from, but we'll go with it. Well, we've both been inspired by poetry this week, I see. We have indeed. (laughs) I was inspired by a poem that is in a wonderful book that I read when I was a teenager called The Outsiders by Essie Hinton. And it was made into a film. And this poem inspired me to paint. So this is Nothing Gold Can Stay. And it's by Robert Frost. Nature's first green is gold, her hardest hue to hold. Her early leaf's a flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf. So Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down today. Nothing gold can stay. It always makes me feel really emotional reading that poem. It's very beautiful. The emotion is often because of the scene in The Outsiders. It's so emotive. But it made me think about nature's green is gold. Yes. And how beautiful an image that is. And so I painted a piece that actually is the background for the Creative Wanderer image. Green at the bottom and then it sort of morphed into yellows and then gold at the top. It's such a lovely poem. You know, there's a sense of melancholy to it because that's true. Mother Nature never stands still. Everything is in a constant state of change and flux. Yeah. And then to see things at their very first blush beautiful you know that luster and that kind of glossy waxy feel and look of those first leaves in the spring yeah but then you blink and it's gone and there's something else that replaces it and i guess it speaks to that need for us to slow down and just take it in definitely it's there for birds the bees for animals but also for us it's such an incredible gift that mama nature gives us for free yes so funny enough my poem this week as well speaks to this need to stand still to slow down to find awe and Mm. inspiration in everything even if I'm rushing to a certain destination I can still be in the moment lovely now this is an oldie but goldie I'm sure most of our listeners have heard this poem it's by William Henry Davis what is this life if full of care we have no time to stand and stare no time to stand beneath the boughs and stand as long as sheep and cows no time to see when woods we pass where squirrels hide their nuts in grass no time to see in broad daylight streams full of stars like skies at night no time to turn at beauty's glance no time to wait till her mouth can enrich that smile her eyes began a poor life this if full of care we have no time to stand and stare that really is an absolute beauty isn't it it's gorgeous it's so simple it is it is a golden oldie it's beautiful so yeah yeah, just take note take a leaf out of the animals book of life (laughs) they do live in the moment 
They do. But we've come to this moment, Amelia. Oh, no, not again. We have. We're at the end of the podcast for this week. Another week is done. Week 11. Can you believe it? I cannot believe it. This podcast has whizzed by. I absolutely loved it. Mm, me too. So, Amelia, what have we got coming up next week? The last week. Oh, my goodness. Coming up next week, week 12 of The Artist Way. Oh. Recovering a sense of faith. We have reached week 12, our dear creative wanderers. Congratulations and well done on persisting on this remarkable creative journey with us. Thank you so much. A round of applause. We hope you have experienced many a transformation and many a breakthrough on your wandering with us. So next week, we start by examining the roles faith, trust and mystery play in our creative life. We also dig deep and take a close look at one of the last remaining vestiges of creative blocks, doubt. <gasps> Ooh, Ooh. That one always sneaks in at the very last minute. We part on a high note by affirming the power of imagination in our lives and life in general by reminding ourselves that the way forward is to create, create, create. Yay! <laughs> that sounds like it's going to be a doozy of a week. It's going to be a great week. <laughs> Thank you for wandering with us and remember to always be on the lookout for the presence of wonder. See you next time. Thank you.